What makes us remember the words someone says? Why do we remember the words but we don't remember the words a backless dress and some beat up sneaks. The first time I heard Shut Up and Dance, I was at a dance where I heard three hours of music. And out of all that music, guess which song had lyrics that were memorable enough for me to sing along the first time I heard it? Guess which song I remembered well enough to look up later that night so I could hear it again? And guess which song I still remember from that dance from years ago? And I'm not the only one. When I teach people to play piano, they used to ask to learn Shut Up and Dance more than almost any other song. And when I'm playing Shut Up and Dance on piano or guitar, I don't care if it's a group of college students, kids, or adults, people used to sing along to this song every time. This song didn't need every line to be memorable. It just needed one really memorable line. A line that made people look up this song, listen to this song, and love this song. So why do people remember that line so well? Welcome to Song Appeal, where we dive into your favorite songs to answer the question, why do we like the music we like? I'm your host, Hunter Ferris, and on today's episode, let's take a look at one reason why we like Shut Up and Dance by Walk the Moon. You can find the full transcript for this episode, the show notes, and a link to hear the song at songappealofficial.com slash shutupanddance. If you want to send in a request for a song, you can send it over Twitter at songappeal or by visiting facebook.com slash songappealofficial. You can help support Song Appeal on Patreon, where I have some great perks, including a brand new Patreon-exclusive mini-sode about the main theme from The Simpsons. To help support this show, visit patreon.com slash songappeal. Shut up and dance with me. Last time, we talked about how Bohemian Rhapsody gave us constant doses of novelty to give us constant doses of dopamine. But how much novelty does it really take for a song to get our attention? It's a lot less than you'd think. A song doesn't need to switch to a different genre every minute like Bohemian Rhapsody does. That level of novelty gives us a huge dose of dopamine as long as the song can stay familiar enough to be safe. So what happens when we get cocooned in familiarity through the entire song, and then the song gives us a single line where all they change is what's playing behind the vocals? Because of a principle called the Von Restorf effect, we remember the line, shut up and dance with me, better because it's unique and because that uniqueness is surrounded by a normal pattern. In 1933, Hedwig Von Restorf performed an experiment. She gave people lists of three similar items and one that doesn't belong there. Something like Nicholas, Eli, Crocodile, Sean. Guess which one people remembered best? R. Reed Hunt, an expert in uniqueness and memory, said in an academic article that Hedwig von Restorff found, and I'm quoting Dr. Hunt here, if all but one item on a list are similar on some dimension, memory for the different item will be enhanced. That principle has become known as the isolation effect or the von Restorff effect. So why do our brains remember unique things better than familiar things? Lots of people have presented a lot of possible explanations. My favorite one, the total time hypothesis, says that we spend more total time on the weird one in working memory. Like we said last week, our brains get blasted with so much information every second that we have to intentionally not pay attention to basically everything that comes through our ears. So if you've already noticed something, your brain doesn't want to take the energy to notice it again, unless that something changes. So when we read a list of words or listen to a song, we don't want to have to take the energy to notice them again unless there's something different in there. 
And once we focus on whatever's new, we spend more total time processing it in our brains, more total time mulling it around in working memory, and we give ourselves more total opportunities for whatever's weird to become part of our short-term memory, and maybe even our long-term memory. So how does Shut Up and Dance make its title line weird? It's not just because it's using a different tune in different words. This song changes its melody and its lyrics so often that using the same melody or the same lyrics would feel a little weird in this song. No, it's not really about what the lead vocalist is doing. It's more about what's going on behind him, the instruments, the backing vocalists, the things we don't notice consciously, but that our subconscious minds are definitely noticing. The title is surrounded by parts where the instruments and the vocals don't interact. The instruments do their thing, and the vocals do their thing, but it feels like they don't actually acknowledge that they're in the same recording session. Throughout most of the chorus, the instruments and the melody have completely different rhythms and completely different tunes. This woman is my destiny, she said, ooh, ooh. And then there's this line. The only line in the chorus where the instruments and the vocals have exactly the same rhythm. And when it comes to the backing vocals, sometimes they're singing in unison with the lead singer, sometimes they sing an octave higher than the lead singer, and sometimes they're harmonizing with the lead singer. But this is the only line where the band is harmonizing with the lead singer and singing in unison with him. And most of this song is just a wall of sound. As soon as the song starts, we get more instruments or less instruments, but we never really get a moment of instrumental silence for most of the song. Most. During the bridge, we get the only moment where the instruments drop out entirely, and the only moment where the band just shouts instead of sings. And what are they shouting? Now, those differences aren't extreme. They're not changing to a new key, a new time signature, a new genre, or even a new vocal range. The melody is exactly as high as it was in the last line. They're doing nothing more than changing something as subtle as what happens behind the lead singer. And that's enough to make that line memorable. But that change only makes this line memorable if we're used to a normal pattern. When everything's weird, nothing is. Even Bohemian Rhapsody, with all its weirdness and change, gave us at least 30 seconds to get used to each section before it moves into something new. Otherwise, each section wouldn't feel novel. Shut Up and Dance really takes the idea of normal patterns and runs with it. To be unique, the unique line has to be surrounded by things that are pretty consistent, so the instruments only change when we get to a new section of the song, otherwise they stay exactly the same no matter what the vocals are doing. Except in the title line. That way, when the instrumental part does change during the title line, that change can really stand out. When it comes to the Von Restorf effect, there has to be some sort of consistency or there's no such thing as novelty. Last week, we talked about how Bohemian Rhapsody was novel for the entire song, and how that gives us a dopamine release for the entire song. And that dopamine release makes us notice whatever's novel, and it makes us enjoy ourselves. But the entire song doesn't have to be filled with novelty to make us enjoy ourselves, or to get us to pay attention, or to get us to remember a line. Novelty works just as well if only one part of the song is weird, and that part doesn't have to be too different from the rest of the song. Because of the Von Restorf effect, the line Shut Up and Dance is memorable because it's different, and because it's surrounded by familiarity. 
and Shut Up and Dance balances that difference and familiarity perfectly, because it gives us pretty much the same instruments and pretty much the same tone for the entire song, but it chooses just the right moment to be novel. That way, we'll really remember the line Shut up and dance with me. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, check out songappealofficial.com for more episodes. If you have a song you'd like to request, you can contact me over Twitter at songappeal or by visiting facebook.com slash songappealofficial. You can also help support this show on Patreon at patreon.com slash songappeal, where I have some great perks including a brand new Patreon-exclusive mini-sode about the main theme from The Simpsons. I'll talk with you soon. In the meantime, have a great day and enjoy your music.